0: Welcome to this audio presentation from St. Charles River Church. Today we have a message that we believe is full of practical and relevant behavioral teaching from God's Word, the Bible. We'd like to invite you to grab a piece of paper and a pen. Take notes as you go through this, looking for a personal application from God to you. Sit back and enjoy as we begin this message. Hello everybody. Are you excited you're in church? I know I am. He set it up very well. I love it. I love being in church. I love being around the believers. I believe that is the New Testament church, us gathering together and the power that comes with us gathering together and using all the spiritual gifts God has given us. Amen. I'm so excited about today. I have to give you like a, a small personal update. I have been a grandparent for 1 month now and I still love it. I have gotten a little stupider with them already. You know, I'm taking pictures of her eating chicken legs and stuff like that. It's just it's just great. I love it. It upsets everybody. It's fun. I love having that kind of role, you know. And yesterday was the first day we get to babysitter and we had her for 4 to 5 hours and and if I haven't told you already that this baby looks just like my oldest daughter who had her, I feel like I'm holding my own daughter again. And I, I took a, a short little siesta with her and I woke up and we're both just sprawled on the couch. i just like, oh, I really love this. I really, I am really getting into that. But today, my message is, uh, is on a real love connection. Now, if you were... In the 80s, watching TV, the first thing that's going to jump in your mind is that show that used to be out there, Love Connection. All these desperate people trying to find someone and do these, you know, one-minute videos and, oh, when somebody takes me out, they better do this and this and this. And like, oh, I'm not going out with that lady. Next one, you know, I'm easy going. I can do whatever you want or whatever. Oh, yeah, I will go out with that lady. You know, just the silliest, you know, what people are looking for and people don't even know what they're looking for. And they don't even realize what they're missing out on when it comes to a real love connection. And we know what it's like when the Lord gives us the agape love that we have, then we then share with other people. Because the first thing that you're going to, what I didn't say before, was, you know, the biggest question that I get asked now as a grandparent is, it surprised me. And my wife will tell you this too. They always say, well, what are they going to call you? I'm like, really? What are they going to call me? And I I was thinking, wow, you know, because everybody has all these names. So my kids knew this was going to happen. So at Christmas last year, they're like, hey, what are we going to call mom and dad when this baby's born? What are we going to tell our kids to call them? And if you know my kids, they're ornery. It doesn't matter what I want to be called. It, It matters what they vote on. That's just who they are. So they settled on, you know, well, growing up, they always had to hear stuff from the King Carl translation, and you will get some King Carl translation today. This is going to happen. So they said, well, they, they can't say King Carl. They'd have to be pretty old to say that, so they took the first two letters of King and the first two letters of Carl and Kikaw. So my name is Kikaw, and she's Meemaw. So it actually works. I'm still not used to that yet, kind of. I think it's funny, but I love when you're, I can't imagine the first time that she says key call, what I'm going to do, but hard to even think about that. I'm like, oh my goodness. Praise you, Lord. There is a real love connection there. And the church, I believe we miss out on a really profound love connection. And Pastor Barry already alluded to it. But I want to share a story with you today from Scripture. In Acts chapter 12, we're going to read a a few verses here. So Acts chapter 12, starting at verse 1. It was about that time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also going right to the top. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. And I want to hit the pause button there. You know, when we talk about Peter, a lot of times, it's the old version of Peter. It's Peter, the 1.0 version. It's, hey, I'm going to deny Christ three times. I'm going to be hyperactively ADHD swinging swords at people cutting ears off. You know, it's that version, not having faith to walk out on the water. But here's what I love about this story, because this is the the Peter 2.0 version that all of us need to aspire to be. We all like to focus on our mistakes. But how about we focus on things that we can do with the power of Christ? And this is that version, Peter 2.0. He was filled with the Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 5, they're bringing sick people out on the road so that he can walk by them and his shadow can heal them. And here, in Acts chapter 12, you've got Herod, King Herod here, full of the devil. Satan. He found out, you know what, I get to kill somebody. And it made the Jews happy. So... Here he is, you know, I'm trying to score brownie points with these people. You know, it's a political maneuver. Some of which is kind of going on today. You never get rid of politics, right? So here it's politicking here. And he's like, oh my gosh, I killed someone. It made these guys happy. I can probably control them later with this. If they like what I'm doing, they're going to they're gonna want me to be here. They're not going to want to get rid of me. They're not going to rebel against me, right? So, oh. Okay, so here's, I'm going to go right to the top. I'm going to get the, the ringleader. If I get the ringleader, then I'm going to make him really happy. So he has him arrested. And then he's like, I can't kill him right away because the Jews have their feasts. And he's like, how many feasts do the Jews have a year? I can't do anything. All right, fine. So 16 soldiers taken turns watching one man in the strongest part of the prison. I'm gonna make sure this one doesn't get out because I got a whole execution to plan. A fair and impartial trial that lasts ten seconds and then the beheading starts. And he went to bed with a smile on his face. Bloodlust in the morning. And here panning over to the prison, You've got Peter sleeping between soldiers bound with chains. Now, where would Peter ever get the idea that he could sleep knowing that he was surely, according to King Herod and the devil, going to die in the morning? Well, think about the story. Pastor Barry allude to it when the disciples Jesus prophesied to them and said, we're going over to the other side of the lake. And then they got on the boat. And he went to sleep. And then they all were, come on, get! don't you care? We're going to die. That was Peter 1.0. Don't you care? We're going to die. Now Peter has learned what it's like to be filled with the Spirit. Sleeping in the middle of a storm. The biggest storm of his life. He goes to bed. We can do the same thing. But he had something else, too. Peter also had a prophetic word for his life. And we're going to go there next. John twenty-one eighteen. Jesus told this to him. He said, very truly, I tell you, Peter, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and somebody will help you help you get dressed and lead you where you don't want to go. So he was telling him he was going to be led somewhere he doesn't want to go. Execution, martyrdom. Otherwise, why would he not want to go there? But when he's young, he's not going to need any help. And Peter also knew, I'm still young. I just got started doing my preaching. This is not my problem. This is God's problem. And he went to bed and slept. With faith and patience, you will see the promises of God in your life. It's that simple. But there was something else going on, which is our part. And if you look back up here, so Peter was in prison, but the church. So King Carl translation here, Peter locked up in prison. But the small group that met at Mary, the mother of John Mark's house, was earnestly praying for him. And earnestly is not enough. That word means intense, intensity, They were praying in the Spirit. They were crying out to God. They were like, Lord, you got to get him out. That's what's going on. You got Herod sleeping with a smile on his face, thinking it's going to go his way. You got Peter sleeping with a smile on his face, knowing God is in control of the situation. And you got the small group intensely crying out to God, praying. We need an answer, Lord. They're the ones staying up all night. That's you, small group. They're staying up all night. And I know what some of you are thinking. I can't stay up all night and pray. Well, that's why we train and practice. My small group hates it. We got to stay up all night. Yeah, you do. Because you got to go into training because there's going to become a time when you need to stay up all night. And you got to be able to dig deep and do it. So here the small group is knocking it out. God has given us promise. He's sleeping and resting on the promise. Isn't it amazing that's all we need sometimes is just a promise? All of us have been in a spot in our life where all that we had left was the promise of God. But that's all you need. And you know what? Jesus isn't here physically to speak words to you directly from him, but he has his people here that can prophesy over you and can hear God's voice. And here's what the Lord is saying. And we can take that and stand on that word as well. My wife and I had to do that when she was pregnant with Matthew. You guys know Matthew, world traveling missionary used by God all over the place. Well, she was pregnant with him and we were at a conference and the evangelist calls us up and we didn't talk to him about her or us at all about this baby. And he looked at her at at the bump and he goes, that boy you're going to have, he's going to have a voice for God. So we've stood on that for a long time because we didn't see that happen until for 17 years. Because up until then, he's the baby of the family. Everything was a party to him. He just wanted to make everybody laugh. He was Henri, an instigator. Rebel rouser, loved to stir up all of his siblings. You know, he just loved it. He would do antics at the table. He would just, you know, throw up food on the table just so they would laugh. And then pick it up, put it back in, and do it again. I mean, this is him. And we're thinking, he's got a voice for God, huh? Yeah. But he does. And I, when I was getting ready for this sermon, I'd call him because he's now in the middle of Colorado, somewhere on the Colorado Trail, doing a 500-mile hike, a sabbatical to be with God, 30-day backpacking in the wilderness, journaling and listening for the next part in life. And I called him. He was in a town where he actually had service. And I said, I got an idea what that voice is. It's that prophetic voice. When the Lord is going to use your voice, it's going to be words of wisdom. Revelation, knowledge about things. The Lord's going to use your voice that when you speak, it will come to pass. It's something special about you. All of us can have the gift, but there's going to be a special thing with you that God wants to do with your voice. So I just called him to encourage him and it came at a perfect time for him to hear the word and receive it. But I thought that was so neat, but that's the power. The real love connection here is us together in small groups, serving the Lord together, doing life together. When the enemy comes after one of us, he comes after all of us. And we get intense, and we pray, and we see what God wants to do. Here, let's go back. I left Peter in prison. Let's get him out. Here's the big jailbreak, right? Next sentence. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared because of all the prayer. And Peter's faith standing on the promise and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side, wake up. And the chains fell off. The angel said, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did it. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. He picked up all of his stuff, followed him out. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision or a dream. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened by itself, and they went through. And when he had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. And as this dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where the many people had gathered and were praying. So here we go. Because of all that, angel shows up, wakes him up just like they had to wake Jesus up. Come on, get up. This is your chance. Get your stuff. And notice he didn't have to touch anything. Chains just fell off. Doors just opened. There was divine pixie dust on all the guards. They were sleeping. Just walked right out, and the angel leads him down to the street. The small group was praying for him. So where did the angel lead him? To the small group of people who were intensely praying for him. They were hitting it out of the park over there, and he's like, you got to go there. And he knew just where to go. I know whose house they're at. They're at Kikaw and Meemaw's house. That's where they are, and they're praying for me, so I'm going to go and tell them it worked. I'm out. And I could spend time talking about how they didn't believe it was really him, but that's not really the point I want to make today, though. I want to make the point of how powerful the small group of people coming together is because it can change things. When you think it's impossible, God uses the small group banding together, praying And these groups are powerful. We have the pastoral staff is going to be leading small groups. Many of them are. And Pastor Barry is going to lead two of them because he's just anxious and excited about this. He's going to have his normal small group. And then he wants to also have a special small group. So if you've been watching out there and listening by broadcast, he wants to invite all the new families. If you've never even been in the building... Or if maybe you've been here one time and visited, but you want to try to come back and you want to have a meeting with Pastor Barry, he's going to have meetings on Wednesday nights starting soon. So just email the church. Let us know you're interested. We want you to bring your family up. He wants to meet you, talk to you with full social distancing and mask and everything. We're going to follow all the protocol. He just wants to get a chance to see you in person. But why does Pastor Barry want to see them in person? And why do we want to see each other in person in a small group? Even if I have to stand a little bit of farther away from you. Because we know there's power when we're together. In Hebrews ten, twenty-two to 25, and I'm just going to read the last part of it. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. I don't know if you've noticed lately, but the day's approaching pretty fast right now. And the enemy wants to isolate people. We're not ignorant of how the enemy works. He wants to isolate you and keep you there. And it's one thing to quarantine yourself for a while. Follow that. But after a while, you got to figure out a way, Lord, how can I get together with the believers? And you need to let the Lord lead you on how you need to meet with the believers in the small group. What do you want me to do, Lord? Because the Lord wants for you what I want for you, a real love connection. And I can tell you, Proverbs even says, a good friend sticks closer than a brother. This is the model of the New Testament church. But the brothers and sisters that we're in the trenches with, we will do everything we can for them, whatever they need. We will meet every physical need, every spiritual need. And the goal of the pastoral staff leading it is so that we can see your spiritual gifts developed. We want to see you stand on the word. We want to see you use your faith to believe the promises of God for yourself. Even when it's hard to do it, we want to encourage you to do it. It's where real discipleship happens. Discipleship can't happen on a Sunday morning in an hour. It just can't. It has to happen in a smaller setting where people can listen and teach and train Here's how you stand on the word. Here's how you pray. Here's how you fast. And yes, do I make my peeps memorize scripture? Yes. I don't care how old you are. You memorize the scripture. The Bible says you will meditate on the word of God. You will memorize it. You will repeat it and say it. And just if we have to say it 10 times, I don't care how many times it takes. It takes 20. You do what you have to do to know the word of God, because when the enemy comes to squeeze you, As the leader of the group, what I want to have happen. Every time you get squeezed, I want the word of God to come out of your mouth. That's what I want. And it's going to take you putting the effort into it, memorizing scripture, standing on the word, spiritual growth, leveling up in your spiritual gifts. That's what it's all about. This is what we want to train and do with you. Praise God. Lord, I thank you for your people that can clearly hear your voice today, Lord. I thank you for the power of the living God that is here today. And Lord, I thank you for the people as they come, that they're going to use divine wisdom from you to know exactly what to do and when to do it. In your holy name, amen. You know, one thing, I feel the Lord. A couple months ago, there was a, one of the members of the church reached out to me on Facebook. They They friended me, and I recognized her. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know her. I friended. So as soon as I did, I get a message on Messenger. Hey, will you get some people together next Sunday? I know we're supposed to be away from each other and all that kind of stuff, but I need you to pray for me. I need to get healed. And I said, I will get people, and we will pray for you. And we did it that next Sunday. We came in. She's barely able to walk. Hobbled into the room back there where the kids are. There wasn't children's church going on then. We just said, let's just go back here. I grabbed some people. We go back there, and we start praying over her. And we commanded the bones on her back to move and line up with the word of God. And healing came on her right there. And she was healed. And she works at a job where she's on her feet all day. She went back to work, went to her doctor and her neurologist and said, and confirmed what the Lord had done in her life. She was healed. Isn't that awesome? That happened right here. And last week in our small group, there's one of the ladies in our group. Um, she's only been a couple times since this broke out, but she came we were already all there. And she comes in and goes, I said, hey, how you doing? It's, I'm glad you're here. And she goes, this is the, the, literally how it happened. No, hi, good to see you. And she goes, I'm here because I need someone to pray and lay hands on me today. I don't care about you staying away. I need you to put your hands on me and, he, and heal me. And I'm like, you know, when when you get isolated long enough, there's going to be a point where you're going to need people to pray for you. But that's what, this, that's what we're for. This is why you need a small group. This is why you need people. And I had the ladies get around her, and they just prayed it right off of her. And that is the power of God. This is why we need each other. I believe God wants to do that same miracle because God always confirms His Word with signs and wonders. And what happened for her here in the church with her back being healed, if you need your back healed today, I want you to stand up. I know there's a couple guys. I know Tony, I want you to stand up. Chris, I want you to stand up. Use your faith. Anyone else that needs their back healed completely, totally whole. Yep, stand up. If you're at home, stand up. We're going to speak over you. The Lord is going to take with the miracle here and bring it to you because that's what he does. The miracle is in the house. Lord, as these people are standing, I thank you, Lord Jesus, just as that day that your spirit fell upon us and healed her back. I thank you, Lord Jesus, right now that every vertebrae and every back is being healed right now. These people that are using their faith to stand up, to stretch their hand, whatever they can do. I thank you, Lord Jesus. That just as you move the bones in her, you're going to move the bones in them. And you're going to line them up in the perfect position. They're going to line up with the Word of God. I declare that each one of them are the healed of the Lord. And by the stripes of Jesus, they are completely and totally healed. And we will have testimonies to share about how the healing came upon them. With just their faith and standing on the promise of the Word of God. I thank you, Lord, for meeting every single need complete shalom, total healing in your name. Amen. That's how it happens. I expect miracles. I expect you to email the church office and say, here's what the Lord did for me. And we're going to keep encouraging each other with the miracles that happen in the house. But this is what's going to happen in your small group when you come. They're going to say, how can we pray for you? No one leaves until we get a chance to pray. And then we're going to pray. And you're going to bring it down. Intense prayer. Pray like they did. Even if it's ten minutes. Just do it. You'll be amazed at what God does with people. And what he breaks off of them. People are carrying the weight of the world right now out here. Anxiety, panic, fears, heaviness. And it's our job in the small group... As the leaders who have devoted ourselves to this to break that off of you. So come just to get healed if you want. That's fine. But stay for the Word of God too, amen? <laughs> but that's what it's all about. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise.
1: I think I have the right couple leading small groups and discipleship, don't you? I said, I really believe I've got the right couple, uh, pastoring small groups and, and leadership. We believe in the f- five purposes of the church. And they all, all those banners, if you, you can't see it on camera, but if you come, when you come, I'm gonna speak that into existence. When you come, you will see five banners at the left side of the rear of this auditorium. And, and it is the five purposes of the church. And we believe the book of Acts, bears that out. It is about fellowship or small group, that small group setting where we're there for each other ministries. I mean, God gives gifts to give away. You have gifts and anointings in your life to give away. And that's what pastor uh, Carl is speaking about today, about speaking over people and, and uh, laying hands on people and believing for healing for them. Worship. We, we serve a God that will be worshiped. He said, "If, if people don't worship me, the rocks will cry out. That's what he said. I don't want a rock to get my spot. I don't want other parts of creation to get my place in worship. The other two are discipleship. That's learning to be more like Christ every day. And by the way, you said at the very beginning of your message, we focus so much on our failures. Discipleship brings you more like Jesus and less like myself all the time. That's what discipleship really is. It's it's one day less of me and more of Jesus. And we do that together. We discover Jesus together. And then the last thing is evangelism. And by the way, I believe, and I've said this many times, this is our greatest hour of outreach, of reaching people for the the cause of Jesus Christ and in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of God's spirit, actually believing that I exist for a purpose. Remember last week? I exist for a purpose. Who is my mission? Remember? People. People are my mission, and I believe profoundly that when we stand before God on that day of uh, uh, before God as the, the kingdom of God, and he looks at me and, and he looks at us, and he each individually says to us, you know, the well done. He's not a liar. So it will have been well done. Or you won't hear. Well done. It's just that simple. He's not a liar. He's not going to just be nice and cozy. At that point, he is going to truly say... And I believe it looks like this. I was in a restaurant last night and I was talking to a server about God. You know, Gene and I do that in restaurants. It's our greatest ministry hour. And uh, we were talking to a young man that is the head of one of the great ministries at uh, Umsel, uh, University. And uh, he is a head of a small group. Oh, can you believe it? He's the head of, it's a Chi Alpha chapter at, uh, in fact, he's over all of umsel And I said, you know, seriously, I believe God will look at you one day. And by the way, you know who you are. I told you I'd give you a shout out today. So I, I, I am giving you the shout out. I'm not calling your name on purpose, but uh, but he will look at you one day and he will look behind you. I absolutely believe this. He will look well done, good and faithful servant, because of who you've brought with you. I don't know if he's literally going to look behind you or not, but he'll have the records. It's going to be an amazing day. When he sees all that you've accomplished in the name of Jesus, by his spirit, to bring as many with you. And I can just imagine when he says, well done. Well done. don't you? Didn't you love it when your mom and dad said, good boy. Good girl. That is a good girl. Oh my goodness, I've never seen your underwear folded so nicely. That is a good job you did there. Can you imagine what, we do that all the time with our grandkids. How many grandparents in this room? How many of you just goofy enough to be, you know, the, you did so good. You know what they did? They stood up. What an accomplishment. They, you did so good. And we, Who do you think we get that from? Who do you think we get that from? You did a good job. Well, we're going to hear that one day. Listen, now, let me speak to those that are, you addressed it and I want to speak to, not, I want to speak to the small group that I'm going to host here through the week for four to six weeks here, uh, in this location. And that is for those of you, Pastor Carl mentioned it, who have never been to St. Charles River Church and you want to know, look, it, maybe you're thinking it's time to come back home to church and you don't know where to go. Maybe that's you. And if that is you, you don't know quite where to go. And you want to know about St. Charles River Church. Well, I would like to spend four to six weeks with you doing kind of a one-on-one. The first 20 that uh, send uh, or contact the church at pam at stcharlesriverchurch.org. That's pam at stcharlesriverchurch.org. The first 20 that sign up will be a part of my small group here in this auditorium. You've never been here before, but you want to know if this church could possibly be my new home church, because it's time for me and my family to come home to church. And if that's you, I want to spend some great time with you. And if this is not the church for you, I have found some great churches. I know a lot of pastors in the region. I know a lot of great churches in the region, and we will find you a place that you can call home once again. I'm not going to be selfish about it. I mean that. If you know me, you know I mean that because I want you to be where you will succeed and where they will succeed with you. So don't forget Pam at St. Charles River Church org and she will make sure we get you registered. All you got to say is I want to be on the 101. That's all you got to say is I want to be on the 101 and she'll know exactly what you're talking about. Okay.
0: We hope you found this audio presentation from St. Charles River Church both beneficial and enjoyable. If you're ever in the area, please come by and visit us. You can also reach us online at www.stcharlesriverchurch.org.